0: welcome to the morecambe bay podcast with nigel thompson from the distinctive call of oyster catchers to the crashing waves morecambe bay is full of sounds but dan fox from Overston takes sound to another level A sound artist, musician and filmmaker is an expert at capturing sounds most of us don't even know exist, and then sharing it through an installation at varied locations. We got together just before he started one of his latest commissions as part of the Beach of Dreams project around the bay to talk about his career so far and his plans for the future.
1: My parents used to run a company called Wealth Estate International which was based in Alderstone for a long time but it started in uh, 1968 in the year of my birth. Um, and it was a, a sort of avant-garde theatre company doing what was then called happenings, um, sort of experimental theatre and a mixture of artists and musicians. And so I grew up in a, uh, surrounded by artists and musicians and got involved in um, the shows that were happening from an early age. Um, you couldn't
0: avoid it could you really I suppose really.
1: You brought, <laughs> <laughs> brought up. no we, we lived in caravans for a long time and we toured um, sort of like a travelling circus but doing theatre shows not really circus um, so I started Started playing music actually. That was my making things and playing music, I suppose, uh, my my first sort of things that I really got involved with. um, Sort of playing percussion to start with, and then uh, started playing the trombone when I was about nine or ten years old. But then I also started playing in Ulveson Junior Brass Band at the time. So I kind of did brass band
0: and and street music at the same time. That's quite a crossover, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 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 And went from that, did it become something you thought "I'll, I'll do professionally as a job here? Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I bought a four-track, um, Fostex
1: four-track tape recorder when I was about fourteen, and started playing with that in, in my bedroom, making multi-track stuff. And I was really into Scar, old Jamaican Studio One stuff. I think partly playing trombone that. Uh, Don Drummond and Rico and the Scatterlights and people like that I could play along with those on on tapes and then I started sort of making my own music uh, and also just got interested in um, recording music, recording sound. Um, we did a show in Japan when I was I think 14 and on the way back we stopped off in Hong Kong and it was about the time when the Sony Walkman had just appeared and um, I was desperate to try and get hold of a Sony Walkman and so we hunted around some electronic shops in Hong Kong and I found one, it wasn't a Sony one, Um, it was a recorder but it it had a a button on it and when you press this button it activated a microphone and um, it didn't actually record audio though it was just like a listening thing so I think if you were having a conversation with somebody you didn't have to take your headphones off you could just press the button Um, but I just really loved just listening to the world around me through this microphone um, and then eventually managed to buy a, a secondhand recording Walkman and then you know, then I've got a better Walkman, and then I got a mini disc and then I got a DAP machine and then I got a hard disk recorder and I've just kind yeah. of carried on uh, and and purchasing better quality microphones and stuff as I've been going and learning more about editing and audio and
0: layering and Amazed. because it is addictive isn't it I mean, just, I'm sat here listening to you and I, and I can't help it I think we're probably similar walks of life I'm listening to the wind through, going through the, the penance I'm listening to the sea you know there's, there's the odd bird I keep hearing as well and I think when you work in sound or when you listen to sound as, as, as clearly you do to a very, very high degree that you, you become kind of you know maybe even less of a visual person more of a sound person
1: yeah definitely it's it's um you know it's 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 one of those things your ears are already always open aren't they Mm. but um your (laughs) eyes choose what they're going to look at your ears are always listening but your brain filters things in a different way so it's it's possible to you know some people just filter out a lot of the sound around them um um, but yeah i i I, I like work i like finding different um, perspectives on sound so Mm. i've i've sort of now got hydrophones and contact microphones and things that can pick up perspectives of sound that you might not normally hear with your sort of naked ear so underwater sounds or vibrations within material so we're looking at the railings in in uh, in Morecambe and they'll all be vibrating we don't we're not really aware of it but if you stick a contact mic on there you get a whole other sound world and i'm kind of really interested in collecting that and then using that as source material for building um, soundscapes and tracks and, and music for your company sound intervention you do all kinds of things what kind of things have you done um yeah so my back as i said my background was in sort of in theater and site-specific theater i did a lot of outdoor theater in in holland with a with a company called dog troupe and um uh, then i got into commute into sort of community music from leading percussion workshops in fact i did i taught ali pretty in a a percussion workshop when i was 14 (laughs) on an early welfare state summer school yeah. yeah Um, yeah. and I got into making drums and ran a whole project called um, boomdang um, which was um, drumming in communities around furnace mostly and that project's still going um, but I was started to find all the really loud drumming and was a bit started to get worried about my hearing yeah. so I, I just wanted to not be involved in such loud stuff um, still play playing in bands but then um, started working with ways of presenting things that are using sound but in in different ways so for example a couple of years ago I made a piece called Voices from the Hood which was um, uh, using a a sound archive recorded by a lady who lives in Lancaster called Elizabeth Roberts uh, which was all recorded in Barrow in the 70s on on Ewer which is a taped reel to reel uh, recorder Um, and those people were then in their 70s so it's things that were happening maybe like 100 years ago um, and I wanted to think of an interesting way to present that so I, I ended up getting hold of some second hand um, 1950s hood hair dryers with the Perspex oh, dome yeah, hood yeah, yeah. that people would sit under when they have had a perm done but I, I kind of reconfigured them so I put um, a transducer speaker in the hood and they had an ashtray that pulled out which I put some buttons in and the heater volume, beca- heater control became the volume control so people could sit under this thing and hear yeah. these, uh, hear yeah, these yeah, stories yeah. and I think if you people can be quite impatient listening to things so if I've made things with a listening post and you press a button to listen to something sort of two minutes would be the maximum but if they're in a more comfortable environment and they can watch the world go by then I found that people would sit there for two hours and listen to it. During COVID changed the the whole uh, structure of my work quite a lot because I, I kind of lost a year's worth of gigs overnight, and uh, a lot of those were involving live music. Um, but for since 2008, I've been making soundscapes and soundtracks for illuminated trails, and uh, that's they've really taken off around the country. But so, and through doing that, I was kind of seeing a lot of light artworks, so I. Um, decided to start making more pieces like that which were kind of light based but also sound was a very strong element from right. them. So I made the, f- uh, the first piece was with a, a lighting designer friend Phil Supple for a trail in Scotland which used um, 24 cymbals that you could get on a drum kit, right. Co- copper, cymbal, copper brass cymbals and I've attached transducer speakers which are vibration speakers which basically turn the cymbal into a speaker so you could play any sound through it but you'd also get the additional resonance of the cymbal yeah, so it had yeah. a sort of ghostly sound to yeah. it um, and I made a composition which uh, had LEDs that lit the cymbal and they hung overhead off um, boom boom arms so about a 150 meter long trail. Um, and then we sort of refined that, made it into a, a tree structure, so that it was easier to. Because it took that took a week to install, and it was a, a kilometre of speaker cable. <laughs> That's was quite that your biggest project. <laughs> it sounds was, huge. Um, it was <laughs> that was the longest project so far, yeah. Um, uh, but since then, I, I the symbols were a bit susceptible to the wind, so I've refined that. I've now got made these what I call luminosity trees, which are for. Uh, six meter high light trees essentially which have um, LED pixel map lighting that responds to audio so they create patterns in real time and I've made a composition which is based on the uh, Fibonacci sequence of numbers so it's uh, the first several places of that so it's a piece that It's very calm, it's played on Balinese gongs, it's about 60 BPM, so it's quite a chilled tempo, but it never repeats, and um, the the lights on the trees all respond to it. So it's about growth and um, uh, sort of a meditative space. Sometimes I've experienced interactive pieces where it's... It's a bit like when you are a kid and you go to the science museum you're more interested in pressing the button than yeah. you are in actually what happens like when you head, press the button head, head stand
0: up, like that. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, so yeah.
1: sometimes sometimes these festivals or the trails can have you know 600 people every 15 minutes going through them so yeah. it can become a bit um, chaotic if it's like totally interactive so i kind of like to have some inter- maybe some interactive parameters but also a considered ca- composition that goes with it so that the wider experience for the audience is still kind of beautiful and harmonic um, uh, and that people still have an experience I think what's quite an interesting way of doing that is have a a sort of limited amount of interactivity for a smaller number of people but it's still interesting for the wider audience to observe the whole thing and observe them interacting
0: with it yeah No, I take your point, it's kind of a fine line between taking over and being taken over, I suppose, Mm. when it comes Mm. to an event. So where do you see it going then? We're talking on Morecambe Promenade, you've got all these fantastic uh, bikes, boom bikes, which has got an amazing sound system on, but you pedal, and we are about to down Morecambe Promenade. Is is this brand new, is this cutting edge kit?
1: Um, They keep getting refined, but in fact the first one was made in 2013 uh, on a project called Blaze, which is a Lancashire-based project which works with young people to... Um, uh, empower them to become producers of their own events and so the first one was a commission I applied for in Blackpool for Ride the Lights which is uh, where they close the prom and it's a preview of the illuminations and there's about thousands of cyclists so I thought a sound system on a bike could be fun Um, so I was interviewed by this group of young people and they chose to make a sound system bike and I thought we would be doing a lot of the technical stuff but they turned out half of them couldn't ride bikes and only one or two of them had bikes so it became more about learning to ride bikes but since then we we have just keep refining them and have made a second one and a third one and we can link them all together wirelessly and and they've just become incredibly um, versatile so today we'll be playing some pre-recorded music for the parade and then we'll use them as a sound system for some local acts and for uh, my own band Boom Bike Beret which is medieval hip-hop band um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
0: a great <name.
1: laughs> um, acoustic yeah it's a uh, uh, hurdy-gurdy accordion trombone yeah. and a beatboxer should be a sack butt really but it's tr- I play trombone so that's
0: you certainly draw a w- crowd. We, we, we work together in Arnside, Grange <laughs> and, yeah. and Walden today in Morecambe I guarantee that you know people will come and have a look yeah yeah
1: yeah uh, yeah it's a good yeah. good fun band and it's yeah. all it's all wireless between the bikes so we just um we just like last year I upgraded the batteries to lithium batteries and I keep changing the speakers and the amps and new bits of technology come along and things become more efficient. And in the winter time, we put um, digital projectors on the top and do a lot of uh, events on on light festivals where we ride through the streets, projecting on buildings and
0: the ground. Yeah, yeah. it's so good to hear. We've got to go because you're in demand to uh, to entertain, but thanks for talking. Where can people see and hear where you perform? My website is danfox.net and um, sound intervention on Facebook. That's Dan Fox, and you can see more on the website and on our social media channels. Just search Morecambe Bay Podcast. And thanks for downloading this edition of the podcast that's all about the bay.